Hey, welcome back to part two of today's Corolla Classics. We're going to take you back now to 2011 and hear Adam, Allison, Brian, and Teresa Strasser's on this episode, too. Adam Corolla shows up for, uh, 475 for everybody that misses the news, girl. Now you get two of them. <laughs> uh, take that. I'm with Bald Brian. This one's from January of 2011. It's a very fun little chunk from the interview with Teresa. She's in the studio with Allison Bryan. And Adam, of course, I hope you guys enjoy. Back with a familiar face here to all the fans of the uh, Ace Broadcasting Network, our own Teresa Strasser. Teresa, great to see you back. Thank you very much for having me. Pardon my voice. I'm sure it's a side effect of the hep C I caught from my closeness to the gay community. Yeah, you would have. You would have <laughs> bald Brian. Oh, oh, for five. Jesus Christ. And by the way, Mike Lynch proving his straightness, because earlier Allison was talking about the Von Trapp kids, and I said, yeah, that one of them, Liesl, was fucked up because she was out fucking that Nazi. Mm-hmm. And he said, I never saw the sound of music. Wow. I uh, got dragged to the sound of music. I, 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 my life was so miserable that I grew up four miles away from the Hollywood Bowl and had never attended the Hollywood Bowl my entire life because imagine the Corollas going, hey, we'll get a picnic and some wine. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Uh, no way, right? So it never happened. And then you, what you do to yourself is you carry your piece of shit childhood into adulthood. Then it becomes a point where you have money, you have time, you have resources, but you still will never go to the Hollywood Bowl because your loser doesn't go to the Hollywood Bowl right. even though I lived three miles from the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, first time ever going to the Hollywood Bowl, Donnie got uh, boxes. He's like, um, he's got, yeah, we got the box and the thing, and you bring the picnic, and you bring the red wine, and it's uh, it's awesome. And and I was like, uh, yo, what's going on? He's like, oh, you know, one of their events, one of their summer events they do over there. You know, they do the Warner Brothers musicals or the sing-along with the Disneys or whatever the hell's going on. I was like, yeah, okay, fine. The red wine. Some uh, some finger food, why some lady fingers? Why not? And uh, <laughs> then we're going there, and I'm like, uh, "What is the event that uh, we're going to?" By the way, and it's uh, I already know this one. Sing along with the sound of music. Uh, Donnie and I were the only straight guys <laughs> in the entire no, fucking. If place. I could think of something gayer, there is not. There's there's novelty gayer like there's oh man uh, more than a uh, a uh, ass spreading convention on Fire Island or something but really truthfully there's nothing gayer than the sing along at the Hollywood Bowl for right. the sound of I music. could argue that it's gayer than anal sex because if you were in prison and you I, had no other options I would happily engage you would still not listen to the soundtrack of the sound of music though. No, not even to drown out the sound of my own screams. Right. You're a fan, right? That's oh, yeah. Right. Of yeah. anal sex? <laughs> yeah, so Donnie and I were singing along with the event. And I... Uh, that the was, media sponsor for the event is gay.com. <laughs> I am, That's not a joke. I, oh, wow. I am so fucking straight that it was the first time I'd been to the Hollywood Bowl and the first time I'd seen the sound of music. And I was 30... Did you find it moving? Three years of age. Um, the... I. I, I, no, I, I liked, I liked it. Uh, I mean, I was so distracted by the environment. It's, it's weird to watch a movie with eighteen thousand gay Come people. Come on, when they know? make the outfits out of the curtains. Yeah, moving. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I was, I was drunk and distracted, and I was probably angry at Donnie because I thought we we're going to go see the police or something. Well, I, I would I like to say first. Thank you very much for all your help in promoting my book. Sure. It's been very useful. Exploiting my baby, Exploiting everyone. Exploiting my baby. Please, if you're in Orange County, 
please come out to Laguna Beach <laughs> Books Thursday, January 13th at 6 p.m. I will be doing a reading. Hopefully I'll sound better. And I would like to say congratulations to Allison. And uh, I've brought you a signed copy of my book. Oh, thank you. And I was just telling you that I'm reading your book and I'm loving your book. And also, and I've told you this before, but starting years ago, I began hearing, because I used to do morning news in New York, you look so much like Teresa Strasser. So this is kind of... I'm sorry. No, I took it as a compliment. (laughs) So this is kind of crazy, but here we are. (laughs) I do actually own the dress you're wearing, which is slightly creepy. (laughs) Do you really? I do, and I would I would feature it with those boots as well. Yeah, there you guys uh, get out. Great minds with no taste. Think alike, <laughs> evidently. Uh, Teresa can also be heard at her new gig, The Peter Tilden Show, which is a very good show heard out here locally in Southern California, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. Jesus, fuck. I don't get there till 6. Okay, I do the good. 6 to 9. But let me say today. 6 to 9. 6 to 9. Uh, KBC. We can go online and find it. I'm, yeah. I'm sure. Peter Tilden is amazing. Today, of course, it was all the Arizona shooting. But we sure. did interview a classmate of the shooter. Uh-huh. They were taking poetry class together at Community College. Oop. The guy we interviewed was Oop. in his 50s. And you're thinking to yourself, this is a tragedy, and I want to hear your thoughts on this guy and what he was like and his countenance in class, et cetera. And he read aloud a poem from the shooter. But another part of me goes, it's a tough economy, and I get that you wanted to go back to school. That's great. Poetry class? Again, this thing where you're allowed to waste your time on our dime. And I will work that into my slogan, which is be as well-rounded as you want. Pay for it yourself. Yeah. This thing where I have to subsidize your lethargy or your 50-year-old guy who's thrice divorced and you want to find yourself. Uh, fucking- Why don't you find yourself in welding school? Uh, yes. <laughs> Why don't you find yourself in an occupation where you're going to... You know how many poets have made a dime for and after they were dead? Right. <laughs> and and that's, that's the whole thing. The 50-year-old guy, though... Uh, I mean, yes, and, and that, that's why I ha- would have difficulty doing That's why I wouldn't work out on AM, because the entire interview would shift to what the fuck was he doing. <laughs> so it was pretty hard not to ask, why the poetry class? Uh, by the way, once you crack 50, you're not supposed to be doing anything with a junior in front of it. You know yeah. what I mean? No junior meals. When Don't you go eat out junior the, mints at the no movies. No junior mints. Just no, no junior. You get the full size mint. Yes. I do like this new husky voiced uh, Teresa Strasser. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did a reading. Uh, oh, is it? Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Just keep going. I did a reading at Book Soup. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. The book promoting has been uh, a roller coaster, Adam. I was bumped from the Today Show. Really? It was it was rough. Okay, so they had me booked for a couple months, going to fly to New York, going to do the Hoda Kotb, Kathy Lee hour, but still. They bumped you before they flew you? Yes, but it was it had been on the books for about two months, and about a week before they bumped me, but they didn't say for what. So that day... Uh-oh. Snooky's got a book out. <laughs> Coffee's for closes only. Okay, think of all the Baldwins. <laughs> Oh, good, the bad. Rank the Baldwins. Wow. Rank the Baldwins in your mind in terms of their success currently or their notoriety ah. even in show business. Okay. Well, I get. I mean, it's it's got to be Stephen Baldwin. That actually, you I think would put would him at the bottom. I I I I think. Come on. I I, I think. Well, what what char- Who's the other Baldwin? Daniel. Daniel was in rehab. Semi. I guess the last we heard of Daniel, he was in rehab. I guess Daniel. But Stephen's kind of Stephen's Stephen with his born again Bible thumping spreading of the good news while he eats a power bar is is somehow. <laughs> 
more annoying. But wait, are you aware there's a fourth Baldwin brother? Daniel Baldwin? Billy Baldwin. William. Oh, William Baldwin he's is he's married to China Phillips. Well, he also is in a movie about the he's also in a movie about the Craigslist killer, uh, which was on Lifetime, and he appeared on the Today Show. Oh, so Billy Baldwin. Billy Baldwin bumped me, but I like show business because it impartially tells you where you stand. Here's all the Baldwins, right? And here's you, well, well below, right, right. And we're not even really going to tell you. Just gonna say we're not really doing mommy stuff right now. Yeah, you do. You do get a pretty good idea of where you're at, and uh, it's 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 interesting. Although there's such a thing as I've I've said many times before, there is a m- manipulation of this that happens on occasion. Um, it happened to me when I was doing uh, Craig Kilburn show, Kilborn show. Um, when I was supposed to uh, go out and uh, do the show, and they wanted me as the lead guest, but they had to bring the Noxima girl out first. Um, the hell's her name? Rebecca, Rebecca Gayhart. Thank you. It's gay that you knew that. <laughs> so Alice knew first. Why yeah. did you just start singing uh, my favorite things? She wasn't doing anything. Rainbows at, on. <laughs> she wasn't doing anything at the time, and I had two shows on at the time, and they, they wanted to bring me out first, but... Um, they brought uh, her out first because of her publicist, and her publicist had other clients, uh, right. and they lured the other clients over her. And uh, one of the simultaneously uh, worst and uh, best uh, jokes I've ever made is uh, she sa- shares the same nickname as uh, Manny Pacquiao. Oh, yeah. And uh, I won't explain it any more than that. You guys can just, just uh, say... You can just do the math. She's a distracted driver at times. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel horrible for her in, in that situation. She killed someone when she was driving. And it's the kind of thing where you, someone stops, you go around. It's like it could happen to anyone at any time. I know she wasn't intoxicated or anything. I thought she was. Uh, I believe she was just distracted. I think she was distracted, yeah. Uh, Anyway, Teresa, let's talk about you. Yes, people, go out to uh, Laguna Beach or Laguna Beach Books at 6 p.m. on Thursday the 13th, January 13th, because there's nothing sadder than a sparsely attended <laughs> book signing it is it it's the fear by the way of all is that you'll have that that spinal tap moment where nobody shows up at your fucking book that, that signing. spinal tap scene was all i was picturing before my book soup signing just right exactly that yeah tumbleweeds it, it's it's uh it can happen it does happen it will happen on occasion and it is it is there's no i mean you can read all the shitty things about you the reviews whatever you have that one star reviews whatever you like but sh- going to a book review where there's eight people there uh, is very very sad so go out and uh, support t but t on a on a happy note my wife announced to me that uh, your book had been optioned by Sony. Yeah, that's the good news. How does that's that happen? Awesome. Uh, somebody saw it, read it, liked it. A couple meetings happened, mm-hmm. and now they've optioned it. Don't be a one-upper. Like I said. <laughs> <laughs> now, the option means that they may... They gave me like 27 cents, by the way, to option the book. Right, but look, it's symbolic. And it's flattering. It's really, really flattering. And I've gotten a lot of very nice reviews, which means a lot. And it's nice just to say my book was optioned. I I'm, know. Uh, I don't know what 
percentage of book books on the New York Times bestseller list get optioned, but uh, well less than five percent. That's that's for sure. And you now option for television? Yeah, for television. Hmm. So we could have our next. He's just not that into you. Uh, oh no! Wait, mm-hmm. shit! My dad says. Yeah, oh, that went. So, oh, wait. That's <laughs> not on anymore. By the way, that I, was based on a Twitter feed. I listen to uh, that on tape. On tape. So did I. And it, I must say, I was quite impressed by the reader. Yeah, but the reader who was the, the reader wasn't. He's the just writer. some actor, but he did an amazing job because he could play the dad, right. and the son. But how much of that? Like when they go. When I was three, I asked my dad to help me to build a kite. And he said, fuck off. I ain't going outdoors. The the Browns are on TV today. And it's like, first off, I don't think you remember that from being three. And thirdly, I don't think your dad with the Ph.D. told you to fuck off when you're every single every single uh, every single anecdote was like, on telling my dad I hit a home run in Little League Baseball. Yeah, but fuck you didn't off. hit do, two, did you, douchebag? Then fuck off. And it's like, I thought, I'll bet he wasn't quite that cartoony. Yeah, he might have been made more cartoonish by the... But I was. I thought it was surprisingly good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. And, oh, I, I will say this. Wait, Chelsea Handler blurbed it? Uh-oh, she blurbed your uh, shit, oh, too. Oh, no, she did not. She said she was taking the year off blurbing. Well, she'd already used Ridiculously Hilarious for this book, so she didn't know what to say about yours. Mm. Mm. I felt like that book, um, somewhere around the 90-minute mark, I knew what Dad's response was going to be for just about every single... I was starting to predict the shit his dad was going to say. Yes, which is pretty much, fuck you. Yeah, although my favorite thing, which sticks with me a lot, is, uh, and I can't remember the exact context, context but somebody was being a douchebag, and uh, the dad says, don't worry, I can't do the voice now. And now I sound like him, you know, without doing a voice, but mm-hmm. the dad said, life will take care of him. And, I and like it's that. true. And it, it's true. And it is good advice when you're, especially when you're 14 and some guy's being a douche and you th- the guy thinks he's the cock of the walk, life will spit those guys up and chew them out. And, and it, I, it, it probably happens. It, it, it's more consistent than a coin toss. The good-looking blonde guy who doesn't have to work as hard, studies hard, gets all the chicks and blah, 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 will eventually lose the ability. The muscles he has will atrophy, and he will not have the ability to build new muscle by because he doesn't know what it's like to get up early and do push-ups mm-hmm. because the muscles have always been there. You need that. I got my ass kicked. I know what it's like to get up and dust myself off. They never get themselves and dust, dust themselves off. That's uh, all all they do is win. And those guys have a difficult time with a sort of work ethic later on in life. I went to high school with a handful of those guys. Um, Teresa. Yeah. So the book's been optioned. It'd be yeah. very exciting being contacted by Sony. Sony yeah, saying, and also there was a, there were a couple peop, uh, companies that contacted me. So there was well, like oh, a wow. little bit I feel of like a, once somebody, as a matter of fact, uh, Brian, yay. how about you start a fake company to option my book. Yeah, start a bidding war. And then nice. word will get out that somebody's what do we attempting call to... Yeah, I'll company. counter-offer with my fake company. Yeah, right. you say like an undisclosed amount or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we will come Rumored up with something be. that sounds like something, but it's not five arts. That's right. Yeah, that's too close. So no. No, it just uh, it sounds, uh, you, you know, like... Uh, 
Majestoscope. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that, I, like I believe in that. So Majestoscope has been interested mm-hmm. in uh, in 50 years, we'll all be chicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're in talks. We're in They're talks. In talks. Yeah. We're in talks. Right. Deep, lot, deep into talks. Yes. Right. There mm-hmm. were a lot of me. I went on so many meetings mm-hmm. that really, if you calculate time and gas, et cetera, mm-hmm. you break I, even. I, I, with the option, Still, but it was it was very nice. Your book being optioned, it, it, it's it's one of these things. There's certain things in life that you can say you did, and there's a a version of it that's a real version, and then there's a version where you just get to tell people it happened, and that still counts for something. And it always sounds good, and you get to take it to your grave. I got recruited to play high school football at college. There were little piece of shit colleges, but it doesn't matter. I get to say I got recruited to play high school football. You get to say your book was optioned, yeah, and you get to take that to the grave. I know, and you. by Sony, like, by that's Sony, a real yeah, place, right? This this would have been they got a big lot, right? Yeah, not wasn't. Uh, your book was not optioned by Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. <laughs> now, whatever happened with that? <laughs> uh, well, um, let me explain how losers work. Losers work by sort of pounding in uh, a, a very quiet... Um, uh, when you're a loser, it's not like you're a healthy, strong person who gets assaulted, it's not like what happened, the tragedy that happened at the Safeway, where you're standing around, you're feeling pretty Ironically good about yourself. Named. Somebody, I know, <laughs> somebody jumps in and starts firing bullets, and you get struck by one. That's not what being a loser and coming from losers is. It's a slow and steady poisoning. You know that thing where the wife is poisoning the husband, and yes. all he's he's like he's complaining, he has headaches off. and joint his joints joint hurt, pain. and people yeah. are telling him it's in it's, it's you, nothing. Not Maybe a fibromyalgia. You got it? Are you doing a fiber? You got to eat more fiber. Right, maybe take some vitamin a little C. Bit. Are you depressed? It's a seasonal thing. Right. It's been cloudy. And you can't figure out what's wrong, but it's a being a loser is a very, from my family of losers, is a very so, slow sort it's of soul-stealing poisoning. poisoning. Yeah. yeah. And so what happens is, is when you're a loser, even if good things potentially could happen to you, then nah, it's never going to work out. And so it's like, I got letters from colleges to play football uh, who would let me go to school for free. But that's something a winner would do. And then at some point, somebody needs to like get involved and go, what is that? Let me see that. What's going on with this paperwork? What's it going to take? It's like counselors need to get involved. A parent needs to talk to a counselor. A counselor needs to talk to a child. The child needs to talk to a parent. Maybe it's the like, coach needs to talk to their coach. Something needs to happen. Right. <laughs> this This must be orchestrated. And orchestration is the domain of winners. Right. Somebody needs to take a a bull by some horns right. at some point and go... You had neither bull nor horns. Right. What is this? What do you got here? Let's fill this out. Who's going to... Have you taken the SATs? Right. When You've is gotta that? You've got to take the SATs. You've got to sign you up. You, you How gotta, would I know that? Look at this book on the SATs <laughs> and let's get you focused on right. that because if you can get more than 900 on your SATs, maybe you could go to one of these schools. What do you want to do? Like it's like it, it involves a bunch of stuff. Paperwork. Well, I was playing football. The point is this, uh, but but also people go people go. 
Now, if I was a winner, I wouldn't need all these people, but I had been slowly poisoned by this pill known as the loser pill my entire life. So I wasn't going to do anything about it either. Yeah. It's not like I was going to tap someone on the shoulder and go, you hey, you what, guys, do, what do we got here? Right, Let's we have, go. This is a big opportunity. We got a freebie here. Right. So I was, I was sort of uh, beaten down by my own stick, and then everyone else was just in their own sort of malaise with their own sort of weird ethered rag of a li- ether rag of a life, and that just adds up into eh, nothing. And then, like you know, you blink your eyes, you're cleaning carpets with Ray, and that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> Sometimes you're put in a closet in the wrong house. Yeah, but that was about yeah installed it in the wrong house. Yeah, that's about it. But but it's what you should be doing when you're here's the whole thing. Losers don't go to Cal Poly Pomona and take advantage of scholarships. Losers right. clean carpet with Ray in Pomona, but at a colony kitchen. Right. Now, what you're saying is that when you're a winner, and that's the way you think, and good things happen to you, it's in alignment with your basic version of the world and of yourself. When you're a loser and good things happen to you, it's confusing and dissonant, and you don't really know how to deal with it. Well, a loser, it's not confusing. It's confusing. You're essentially, as a loser, you're a bottle uh, with no note in it, just a piece of used toilet paper that just got cast into the sea. And it sort of depends which way the tide is going as to whether you'll end up on the Rocky Shoals or out in the Atlantic somewhere in a shipping lane. But you're basically a bottle along for the ride. Right. You don't have a rudder and you don't have a propeller. Yeah. And you don't go, here's, okay, what's it going to take? What, what's it, what do we need to do here? And you certainly don't say to other people, like, you know, like school counselors, hey, you, you're my counselor. Right. This is big. Why don't Wake you make up. things happen? Let's focus here. Yeah, How come you're, you're not talking for to me. my coach? Yeah. 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 The school, there is, and by the way, if you, if you, if you come from, and you realize it's uh, systemic with a lot of these cultures, like you picture these, you know, steel towns outside of Pittsburgh in the 70s, you know, you, now you have two million people that are like-minded, then, you know, school counselors don't wake up. You know, everyone is in just this sort of coma, essentially. I, I don't know what the fuck Mr. Tomey was doing. It was my school counselor. Uh, not that I had any great uh, academic achievements behind me, but Mr. Tomey could have spoken to uh, Mr. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ, Fred, uh, my fucking football. Durst? I'll get my Fred Durst, yeah, from Limp Biscuit. Yeah, uh, I'll get my my uh, football coach's name in a second. He could have spoke to my head football coach and my counselor, and those two could have spoke because he was getting letters from colleges that were coming to me, and I would get packages from these colleges on a regular basis. Yeah, these yeah. two could have sat down, called in your parents, who I'm sure would have been thrilled to come in. He may and they have could gotten have, uh, one of them. Maybe one of them <laughs> came oh, yeah. in. Pops, I feel that my background of loserdom and chaos, one of the after effects is now it's been repaired slightly, but main uh, largely there's an inability to contain my emotions. So Mm -hmm. because I feel like bad things when they happen are deserved. Mm -hmm. For example, today, speaking of shows that bump me. So I was going to do the talk tomorrow. That's the big Julie Chen CBS show. Oh, why? yeah, where there's nine. There's, I think there's tw- 12 or 15 or 30 people. There, uh, let me do some quick math. There's 24 labias on that. Yes. If you count the major and the minor, yes. and the right and yes. the left. Yes. 
there's over 24 labias yes. on that sofa. Yes, and so they called, and they were just calling to say, Roseanne is going to be on, and we and it's a big deal because Sarah Gilbert's on the talk, and it's going to be a reunion, so it's going to be three segments, and we want to give you your full due, so we will be moving you to Thursday. And mm-hmm. I was picking up, I had the kid in the back of the car picking him up from daycare. He was crying. I was a little run down, and all I heard was, First Billy Baldwin and now this. This right, is never, you're sure. never, blah, blah, blah. And in my mind, and, and of course I'd heard the study about which Allison earlier reported that tears are not, in fact. An aphrodisiac. <laughs> yeah. It's a real boner killer. But I really felt like I need to pull over and have a good cry. But yet, mm-hmm. my book's been optioned. It's been well-reviewed. Sure. It's doing pretty well. People are buying it. Sure. But my initial reaction was this, like, physiological feeling that I've got to pull over and cry for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of my brain went, they're just moving you to Thursday. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. They're not sending you to the cornfield. No. Daddy didn't get custody of you and give you back to mom. How many of those chicks do they need on that show? There are so many. There's. I went and did a set visit, so I interviewed all of them except Holly Robinson Pete. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm Mar- Marissa Jarrett Winoker, who you know. Right. And uh, Sharon Osborne, who was amazing. Mm-hmm. Love her. Yep, she's fun. Uh, Julie Chen and I had a baby the exact same day. Sure. Uh, Leah Remini's pretty fun. Yeah, I like Leah Remini. Yeah. yeah. Sassy. Yep. And, um... I did her old... Me and Dr. Drew did her old TV show, but I don't remember which one that was. King of, King of Queens? Before King of Queens. She, she had another show? Yep. And we'll figure it out one of these days. I believe she might be a half Italian and half Jew. She's something, but she's uh, she's fun, right? Yeah. So uh, that now now Jimmy Kimmel has been bumped. At, I I believe I well I'll have to ask him, but I believe his first and possibly second time bumped from Letterman after he flew out there oh, and no. was literally in the waiting room. Like no! The, you don't know. There's, oh, you got the happy oh. kind of bumped. Right, where you have some no- I got the t- you, Today I got the day your before. Your bump was barely an acorn. There's a big old speed bump called showing up, putting oh. on makeup, pacing back oh, and forth, your running all your worked stuff. Out. I mean, you know, and you know, Jimmy idolizes Letterman. Oh. And what happened, I had to laugh, but... Jimmy is a Letterman fanatic, and he was a Letterman fanatic and to the point where he had the Letterman Letterman jacket. Is it is it young man? He had like a, a, a cake late show cake made up. I mean, he's he is. I mean, he he is he's as much into Letterman as Brian is into Rick Astley. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he's he got Rick rolled because he got, oh he got, he got Dave rolled because uh, he showed up there and he was uh, actually in the dressing oh. room. And I mean, it's oh. not. And like, you've told everybody already. I mean, I'm sure he's told everybody I'm going to be because you don't the, the the fear of being bumped is already gone once you're in the dressing room, right? I didn't even think uh, yeah. that could happen. No, it can happen when you're there. Yeah. Now you have something new to worry about. Yeah. yeah and thanks. then I do believe. I do believe he got bumped for a second time, but I have to check that with him, too. And I knew it happened to him, and my attitude is so fucking bad that the second time I did Letterman, I was think kind of thinking about Jimmy, and I was in my hotel room. I wasn't there. I, I believe I was in my hotel room, and the segment producer called me, uh, you know, morning of uh, the show, 
and gave me that thing where they just chose the, the first four words were sort of unfortunate. Like they just said, like, uh, we gotta talk. I, I got to I got to tell you something, Adam. And I thought, oh, good. I've been bummed because <laughs> I'm so I'm such a shit uh, at my core. I'm such a horrible student that I'm, I'm just happy. Like when I w- work construction for a living, even though I wouldn't get paid on a day where it rained because I didn't work on a day and I had never had any money and I couldn't pay my bills. If I woke up at 630 in the morning, it was raining outside. I thought, awesome. Right. If you're looking to get I, out I get of to whatever not, commitment. Whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. I'm going down to the blowjob emporium. To, uh, no, it's closed. Oh, good. Where's that, dude? I get to go home and beat off. <laughs> well, if I told you, everyone would be there. Oh, damn it. The point is, is uh, there is a kind of bump where you get on a plane, fly c- cross country, and get bumped when you're there that in is New so York. Brutal. I, I, yes. When they did bump me from the Today Show because I was going to have to fly there, a little part of me was relieved. But mainly I was sad because it's hard to get national press for a first-time author. When you're Adam Carolla, it's not so hard. But I was li- I was bummed for the book's sake. But a little part of me was relieved because, yes, you don't have to, uh, you know, I didn't have to fly cross-country. But also, y- there's the chance of my failing is off the table. Yeah, there's always a relief. I can be on the bench. Always a relief. You're never going to strike out from the bench. Yes, yes. That's going to name my next book. I like motivational it. Sp- move over, Zig Ziglar. <laughs> I got a new motivational speaker. And then you could have chapters like, a walk's as good as a hit. That's right. Whole chapter called Lean Into One. Yes. <laughs> Take one for the team. Um, yeah, so there's always that relief. And by the way, those, I, I, most that stuff does not move the needle. Um, there, there are probably a few shows. Um, the Daily Show might be one of them. There's an, an, another, uh, Oprah, obviously. She moves books. There's a couple of shows that move books. The other ones are just so much, here's what I did, here's what I said, here I got out there. I mean, you know, and when you talk about these aforementioned, you know, stuff like shit my dad said and stuff like that, it's really word of mouth. It's what I mean, really, any almost any art form, almost any movie, books, whatever. I, you know, if you're a painter, a poet, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, if people are digging the product, they pass it along. If they're not digging the product, they'll do a negative version of passing it along, which is not so good. Thumbs down. You don't need to see. You know, whether it's a, like you don't need to see that movie. How many times has somebody said to you like you don't need to see that versus you've got to see this movie? In which case, one hundred percent. I've never had someone say you've got to see this movie and me told them to fuck off. I've always went and saw it. And by the same token, when they went, you don't need to see this. Uh, pretty much listen to them. And it's the same with with your book. I'm I'm assuming. I'm hoping. I mean, at my signing at Book Soup, there were definitely there was one woman who came from Santa Barbara. She drove all the way there with her one month old, mm-hmm. and it was pretty sweet. And there are people buying a bunch of copies for their friends, sisters, mothers, and that feels really good, mm-hmm. really good. And and the nice reviews. I was kind of worried about that. Where have you Where have you seen reviews? The LA Weekly did an amazing review. Oh, really? Book, and I had no idea they were even reviewing it. It's tough to get even a review. I don't think I've read uh, any reviews for my book, or uh, maybe people are keeping them away from me. But I've not, 
I don't, I'm not aware that my book has been reviewed anywhere. Well, I saw the headline and I panicked and then it turned out to be I'm pretty, pretty much like a rave, but the headline was something like, Cunts a, a, written some fucked up shit. Yeah, but they starred <laughs> out cunts. So I didn't know like shit my dad says. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a hit! It was like, I think another pushy broad has writes sex a book, has sex. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Allison. That, that was it. Oh, really? And I has thought, sex and pushes our nose in it or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And rubs our face in it. sex and uh, rubbing our yeah, face in and, it. Yeah, but it's a pretty much an unqualified rave. And I did have a moment. That really was that probably, yeah, it felt so good. That mm. is my baby. Yeah. And I, now stop speaking. <laughs> How about my review where the guy died of AIDS in the middle? Of, uh, oh, of yeah. My, oh, my God. Of my theater review. Yeah. That oh, was... here's, a, here's a big picture of a dead guy. Anyway, let's continue with the review. Yes, Allison, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, Adam was in a sketch comedy show at the Acme Theater. Mm-hmm. And not. he got raves for his performance. Many years ago. Many years, Many ago. years ago. However, the way the page was laid out, they used to have these things called newspapers. Mm-hmm. Get ink on I've your heard, hands and stuff. I've heard of them. The mm-hmm. way the page was laid out, there was an obituary, and this was just at the dawn of AIDS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a large picture of a very beloved man who had In the middle, it was like, it was like, it, it literally said, uh, Mark Sweeney, that's the name of the director, Mark Sweeney's bloodless conception is dead on arrival. That was the that was the beginning of it. Then it went down for about uh, two paragraphs. Was basically tearing our our little troop of fucking poor, our starving artists a new asshole, and then took a break to have the picture of deceased a man that had been claimed by AIDS. Very young, very young. Man. Yeah, yeah, forty nine, fifty. Yeah. I mean, but you know the gays look brand new. It's all exfoliating and whatnot. But and so it was like it was like tear him a new asshole. Big picture of a dead gay guy, and then oh, uh, what are we? Oh yeah, we gotta get back to tearing them a new asshole. And then at some point, it said they liked me, but yeah. it was still like deceased. I mean, really, uh, we were talking about Spinal Tap earlier. I don't think they're creative enough to come up with the AIDS obit, big, big, big square picture of a guy in the middle of your horrible review. Yeah, it's a poor layout. But did you frame it anyway with your little section highlighted? No, I, I did not. I did not. I, uh, by the way. Talking about uh, being a loser and uh, getting to, um, you know, going to, going to the Hollywood Bowl for the first time at age 34 and stuff like that. Uh, framing stuff. That's right, something that's a, you don't. a winner's losers. pastime. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah framing, framing is stuff. for winners. Yeah. Well, even the... the well, first <laughs> off, when you're a loser, you don't get much shit... You know, I had stuff like I finished a pig's trough at Fl- at Farrell's or st- stuff like oh, that. Those yeah. certificates like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. the zoo. Like stuff. You don't really get a whole lot of, you know, accommodations and things like that. Number one. But number two, you would never. I, I did the only piece of valuable paper. I never got my high school diploma, but the only piece of valuable paper I had, I never physically picked it up, was uh, my, I, I, I had my all league piece of thing. It was like on parchment or something it was like at the you know calligraphy and it was like all oh, central valley 1981 whatever i remember 
at the time, looking at this, you know, it was the only one I had. They weren't, you can't, they don't issue you another one or whatever. They just give you this piece of sort of written on nice parchment. And it has all the names and your name and your position and blah, 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 your high school and stuff like that. Uh, I didn't know what to do with it. Since I was a loser, I couldn't have it framed. I also knew that if it sat around my room, eventually I'd wipe my ass with it or set a coffee <laughs> mug or beer on it or right. something. So I took it. I found a piece of black cardboard. I put down like white glue, just in the search, uh, you know, s, you know, squiggled a bunch of s, and right. sort of stuck it's it. It's a to loser's it. glue pattern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird s e <laughs> glue pattern. S for loser. L O O. And I and I I, <laughs> I I I I think yeah I think only one o yeah and I stuck it down to the thing, and it just now I got into this weird no man's land where I couldn't peel it off. Right. And fix it, but it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. It was kind of fucked up on this thing, and now I don't know where it is. So. If you got evicted, you wouldn't be able to take it with you. That's right. That's right. It was well. No, I could, but it would be fucked up. I don't know. Maybe I can get it reprinted or something like that. But T, this is this is about you. No, no. This is your day. No, I do. I do with believe. Your book. <laughs> losers do take the important pieces of paper and not because we're not allowed to frame things. They end up. Either with the um, sad S glue matting, or shoved in a box or something. And then, like I, my college diploma, for example, mm-hmm. where's that shit? I graduated with like a you know highest honors. Should be framed. It might, but then what do you do? But I don't think know. Think about the symbolism of framing something, and I. You know, Brian's yeah. mom has his first solid BM encased in Lucite and on her desk at home. Yeah. Or yeah. possibly hanging off the rear view mirror of her car. <laughs> but I, all I'm saying it's is... Point, Corolla. I, it, it, I, it literally took me into, until the age of 40 to realize that, A, if somebody wrote a you know a nice article on you in a magazine or something, that there was such a thing as taking it somewhere, having it framed. Right. I mean, n- half... Not so much to to show off, but just not to have it ruined because right. stuff just gets kind of moldy and wet, and good rain comes and it's in a box, and there's a drip and there's a whatever, and it just gets rat gets to it or something. But it sounds like what you're saying, if I'm hearing correctly, is that there's a spectrum of loser to winner to douche. Right. Now I don't know if it's just because we have loser brains that we think showing off all your awards and framing them is kind of douchey. Or if everyone would agree that there's something sort of douchey about that. Like, at what point is it just, you know, not healthy self-esteem as much right. as being an ass? Well, it, it, it's, it, it's, it depends on a couple things. Like, I must say that some of the nicest um, things that people have done for me over the past few years of my life have been taking these articles or these things and somehow... Uh, my agent for Christmas got hold of my uh, the artwork that was for a Playboy interview I did where they had their artist do me and this thing and it was very I think it was for Playboy and it was it was it was neat it was really the guy was really talented and he got like a copy of the original whatever and he blew it up and he framed it and that was my Christmas present it was very thoughtful I wouldn't have thought to do it and that was really nice of him to do it so then in that case. If you don't now, if you don't hang that up, uh, if you hang it up, you're you're douchey. If you don't hang it up, your your agent has to come to your house and see it sitting on the floor or against the wall, and then it's kind of weird. And then on one hand, it's you, but on the other hand, it's sort of art 
It's not right. just a big picture of you, you know, like a photograph of you. Plus, it's a gift. So I think that if we all just we start like a circle jerk of framing. And mm-hmm. you we all just do it for each other. Person. Then I'll we're give all you okay. my old leak scroll. Like you give that. me your magna cum yeah, louda, and, and, and then you can I'll, you go to Aaron's brothers. Will they let us in there, or do they know? Uh, I don't know. Allison, Brian and I'll the, go in for you, and I'm in a bronze. You get one the, of your BMs. Oh, sweet! Yeah, let's get another one in case and lose sight. You give us the Battle of the Bands uh, <laughs> New York's fun, or New York's Funniest Reporter, which wow. I don't have the trophy for. Wow. You do or don't? I don't have it. Now, what, that's what I'm saying. What do you do to earn that? Stand up. Perform stand up. Do you remember oh, really? any of your bits? I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. What am I saying? I mean, I do. No, I don't. So like, did I, you have a, an opener? Yes, actually. <clears throat> it was so, it was very cheesy. Um, it was right after the Sarah Palin something debate and... I said to the person who introduced me, I said, thanks, mind if I call you Joe? <laughs> you know, because she had said, sure. right there yeah. With the yeah, 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 that was timely. And then, oh, I went into all sorts of stuff I talked about. Am I really going to do this? Yeah. Uh, just a tiny bit. I'll see if I remember it. Well, I think my the joke that really brought down the house was I was talking about how I use so much Splenda <laughs> that I am at risk for diabetes, which is fake diabetes. But, the, see, but it was like funny yeah, and funnier yeah, then. Right. And there was all sorts of stuff. It's no, actually on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I'll stop now. Yeah. But thank so. you for uh, for framing that experience for um, me. How about leaving the jokes to Adam? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's never good out of context. You know what I mean? But I like yeah. the Splenda no. thing. How about mm-hmm. you leave the joking to Adam? <laughs> We've all been told that <laughs> at one time or another. So this is a good passing of the uh, of the torch. Wow. You've all, you've, you've all been... But I've never said that, right? No, just, never. Uh, just for the douche, just so I'm not considered a douche, right? You've yes. never said what? I don't believe I've ever told Teresa to talk more or less. Oh. Or about anything. You've actually at one point told me to talk more. Oh. Yeah. That's tired. Anything. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. feel like I'm going to get a I think a after Bonaducci left, you said you're going to have to step it up a little bit. And I said, I know, but a little of me goes a long way. The rest of yeah. us prayed silently <laughs> this year talk She's a Julian cube. She's a Jewish bouillon cube. Right. Just one little drop. And then it's really salty and yeah. then you're bloated. Yeah, you can't eat it whole. You have to You have to cut it with about a, a gallon of stream I water. must be diluted. You, uh, that's my point. You'd be uh, happy to, uh, that... Uh, not that Allison is uh, even close to you, Teresa. Not that she can fill those uh, knee-high no. boots that you wear so nicely. But um, we stumbled across uh, something that you would like where um, we were talking about the first class and what's in the first class lounge <laughs> at the airport up at the Sky Captain's Mall. And our Sky Captain's, uh, you know, lair up there. And ev- evidently, I don't know if Allison was just being coy or uh, or she'd never actually been to one of those captain's lounges upstairs there for American Airlines or United or what once. have you. I've been in one once. But she was asking what goes on up in there. And I told her there was a jacuzzi filled with melted cheese called a fondue. And... <laughs> And we would all just sit in there and uh, tape, and then we'd get out and roll in bits of uh, French bread from San Francisco, actually sourdough from San Francisco, and then just devour ourselves. And it was awesome. And uh, I just now realized that the that um, if Steve Martin does sort of the jerk too, he should have a fondue in his in his. Uh, 
in his garish apartment. It's um, how about leaving the jokes to Adam? Thank you. <laughs> Wait a minute. That, hold on. That was. God damn it. And that was Teresa, Allison, and Brian back with Adam Carolla back in January of 2011. Most All right. people have no idea that episode ever even happened. They're like, what? Teresa came on with Allison? Yeah, they did. That yeah. can't happen. I remember I remember that day. All right. They filmed They filmed like a video together, too, so that's why I remember it so well. Where they fought. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. It's we, a foxy boxing. It, you, can find it, you can find it at worldstar.com. Yeah. <laughs> This uh, this final clip that we have for today is a listener request from Bobby S. And Bobby writes, I recently bought the audiobook Humble Brag by Harris Whittles, RIP. When I heard Adam's hum- Humble Brag come up, it reminded me of when Harris came on the show to pitch the book. I don't know how long the segment was, but I'd love to hear it again. Thanks for the show. P.S. Does Adam listen to classics? Because it seems like topics and people that aired on the show happen to pop up the following week during ACS. All right, before we get to the clip... Bobby, yes, Adam does listen to classics. I've I've heard it, and we actually had a discussion about it where he said that he's now finally just so disconnected with these older clips because they they were so long ago that he's listening to them as a listener and not as the host of that show who is part of it. So it's kind of exciting for him because he's, he's now listening to his old self interview. But he, it feel it was so long ago that it feels like it's new to him. And it's this young guy's hot on the mic. Yeah, who's that guy? He's hilarious. He's got uh, talent. <laughs> He's got it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm I'm glad you uh, brought up Harris Whittles. He was a guest back in 2012. Um, my favorite role that he had was on Parks and Rec, where he was a writer for. Uh, he was one of the animal control guys, and just funny in everything he does. Obviously, so respected in the comedy community. I know he's like best friends with Sarah Silverman and Aziz Ansari. So yeah, Sarah was like his Obi Wan. Yeah, exactly. So let's listen to him. I'd love to listen to it too. From November of 2012. Yep, I was going to cut out a small little clip, but then I saw the request. He says, "I don't know how long this segment was." I was like, "Oh, he really wants the whole thing." <laughs> we played this before, but it's a great segment. Uh, it's an entire chunk of Harris Whittles on the show. He was a real delight. He comes on like worried Adam's going to be upset. Like, I put you in my book, but Adam's like, oh, I love it. I <laughs> hope you guys enjoy Adam Carolla Show 948. Harris Whittles, Allison Rose, and Brian Bishop, November of 2012. Check it out. Harris Whittles, good to see you, my friend. Thanks for having me. He uh, has a uh, book called The Humble Brag. It is the art of false modesty. Mm -hmm. I like that. And uh, you can get it on Amazon. And again, we're back up and running. So we got the new website. So if you're going to get Harris's book, you can go to uh, Amazon or you can go to amcurl.com and click on the Amazon banner and uh, keep the pirate ship afloat, man. (laughs) Love you because uh, all I do now is... Get drunk on Mangrian, give interviews, and curse out Hollywood. So I'll never be <laughs> back again. So this is it, people. you got to help us. Uh, the bridge is on fire. That's right. I've burnt that bridge behind me. Uh, let's talk about the book. I've had a lot of this Mangria. So oh, we're just good. sitting out there. It's really good. I... <laughs> I enjoy it myself. Is yeah. it just wine and vodka? It's... Just wine and vodka? <laughs> no, it has some orange. Because just wine and vodka is kind of shitty tasting. Right. It's got some orange in it and some grape in it and some other stuff. I thought I I, I tasted some grape essence. Yeah. Mm. It's uh it it, it sneaks <laughs> up on you and it works. I, I don't. I know. It's 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 sad. It's going to be one of these things. Like I'll be. I'm going to be like Mister um, Curie. Like if if my own what am I saying? Madame Curie. Well, what I'm doing is, 
She was killed by radiation poisoning, right? Is that, that how she? Is that how she went? Sounds right. What by working with it? Right, you know yeah. what I mean? Saying? Like I'm going to be taken down by my own product. Well, there oh, you I see what you're saying. See yes. what I'm saying? Oh yes, like a meth lab that yeah. explodes. What, what an exotic yeah. and elegant uh, analogy for something that we all see coming already. Yes, I'm going to end up. <laughs> I'm going to end up like the crocodile hunter. Yeah. Like I'm going to. I'm going to be taken gonna... out doing what I. You know. Doing what you love. Doing what I love, which is drinking. Like George <laughs> yeah. Washington Carver crushed by that big sack of peanuts. Yeah. We all like remember that. that. I mean, yeah. You know, is that the true? peanut incident. Yeah, it's 100%. That's, I don't know. That can't be true. <laughs> but not just you. All the people you, you've turned oh, on to. take down everyone it. around yeah, exactly. me. And then, yeah, first Mike, uh, August, and then Sir Lynch, and then, and then my wife and my kids and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. All right. So, uh, We're all holics. Harris, uh, let's talk about the book. All right. Well, so... Um, Basically, uh, it's the humble brag, the art of false modesty. And the humble brag is uh, a phrase that I kind of coined on Twitter based on people mostly in the entertainment industry that I've noticed that like to uh, mm-hmm. brag. Mm. And then they don't want to appear as if they're bragging, so they kind of mask it with yes. like a self-deprecating remark. Yes. And it's uh, it was very annoying to me. I agree. So... I decided to be uh, uh, vigilant about it, and I started retweeting people that were <laughs> doing this on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, feed just like people started emailing me, like you know. Things. Well, let's. I, I'll. Yeah. I'll tell you one that comes to mind. Okay. I love it when celebrities explain how they're kept grounded mm-hmm. because I got a three-year-old mm-hmm. and little Nathaniel, he doesn't see a superstar when I come <laughs> through the door. All he knows is he right. wants his Baba right. and his hugging. And they're like, it sounds cute, but you realize you're talking about, obviously if you're explaining that you, you're kept grounded, it means that you need to be grounded, which hobos right. don't talk. No one asks hobos what keeps them grounded. The actual <laughs> right. ground keeps them grounded. They sleep on the ground. That's what keeps them grounded. Um, but when they ever, or they'll do that thing where they go like, I keep my, my grandmama came to this country. She worked three jobs and I keep her table that she used to sew on in the corner. And I look at that every day and oh, I realize yeah. just how blessed right. I am. Blessed. That's but, a common like, Yeah. When you're like, I'm blessed, yeah. you know, I, and I, and by, by the way, I don't take credit for it. You're doing, by the way, take credit for it because what you're doing is more narcissistic. You're actually explaining that God passed by all of us to get to you mm-hmm. and touch you. And yeah, another common one kind of like that is, is, uh, when they, when people say like, he believed this, me, little old me winning right. an Oscar. It's just me. Right. You know, and yeah. it's like, how they did, call, how did I get chosen? They wanted to put me this? on the cover of a magazine. Do they have the right number? Yeah, exactly. Oh, and if I talk to another fucking six foot two blonde who weighs nothing, explaining how they were awkward in high school and no one asked yeah. them to the prom. A lot of tomboys. Like, a lot no of beautiful a- tomboys out there. <laughs> By the way, no one asked you to the prom because you were in Milan underneath an Arab dude when you were 14 <laughs> doing coke. Right. Like, you that's, your prom. that's why you <laughs> yeah. couldn't go to the prom. Yeah. You were fucking walking the camp. <laughs> for Calvin Klein. That's why you weren't at your prom. But it's like, uh, I think I could have done the Uma Thurman math when I was 17. Like, I really, right. like, if a bunch of guys were going, oh, she's so tall and skinny and blah, I would have went, yeah, I'll pick up those pieces <laughs> just fine. Do you remember what the very first humble brag you you? Yeah, uh, it was, um, was? It was uh, uh, from... Donald Glover from Community, the Childish Gambino—that's his uh, his rap mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. moniker—and um, 
It was about he was on in a Gap ad and he posted a picture of the Gap ad in Japan and he was like, <laughs> I'm uh, so lucky to be the first thing that Japanese guys see when they get off the subway or something like that. It was it was I forgot exactly what it was, but it was self deprecating or no, it was like I'm happy to be the thing that Japanese men jerk off to on the subway. It was very strange. Yeah. Yeah. And uh but it, then he posted the picture of him looking, you know, all all fresh to death <laughs> in that Gap ad and I was like you love that you're in that ad I, in Japan. Um I retweet myself all day long. But That's just I, bragging. I that's that's it, acceptable. But, but now, why is it? it it's stuff. <laughs> How is that I, acceptable? It's stuff. If, if I you're going to brag, just brag. Right. Just be proud of what you do. Don't don't try to disguise it. That's what, oh, you know. Like I shouldn't say like this isn't that funny, but check it out anyway. You're you're in this book once. I have oh, to confess. Uh oh, <laughs> shit. What did I do? I didn't know I would ever end up on enjoy, this podcast. Enjoy this hilarious joke, losers. It's, That's what you got to say. It's one of it's one of the lesser ones. Like it's not that offensive. Oh, all right. Now, but I, I also it. wanted to put some some regular people in here along with some celebrities. So I had to put. I had to. You know, I had to Wait, have a a Wait which one is he? He's a celebrity. Okay. Oh, okay. I can't oh, okay. just like pick on uh, college kids in Ohio for no reason. That's oh, just, oh, okay. You know, but just to be, I, ha- I got to take down the big man too, and you're the, you're right, the big okay. Man. Just to be clear, yeah. I talk all fucking day long, and I have no recollection of what <laughs> I say. <laughs> and then right. people pull out things that I say, and then they tweet them to me, and then I retweet them. But I always just think, well, I said it. I'm not ripping anyone off. Yeah. All right. And there's no reason. Okay, here's what it is. All right, guys. You said, just made number one on iTunes audiobooks. Thanks, you guys. Check it out before it gets crowned by Snooki or the Kardashians. Not yeah. that offensive, but technically a humble a brag. brag. A, a humble You're brag. saying, yes. yeah, I'm number one now, but it's not going to last, guys. Now yeah. come get it while it's hot. Yeah. See, you Truly know- one of the least... No, 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 don't, don't, don't soft pedal it. You come in here. What he's saying is you're not even good at humble brags. <laughs> no, what I realize, what, what I realize, and I, and I think some of this, I, I'm guilty of this. You want to tell people something like you, mm-hmm. you want to, you, you want to say like, like if you were on the radio and you were number one, like the books just came in and they said you were number, the number one morning show. You would want to say that to your audience. Totally. Because you'd want to go, like, see whatever you're doing, it's working. Like, you're part of this thing. I mean, almost like a team winning a Super Bowl or something like that. We did it. We did it. So you want to do an element of sort of thank you and we did it. And then you realize, if I don't put a joke at the end of it, it'll just be self-congratulatory. Right. And then you feel like you're, you're an asshole then. Right, right. If, if so, it's just saying, if "Hey, we're number one." We're number one. So now you have to go. Okay, now I need to put a joke at the end of it. Right. But now I have to do a self-deprecating joke. Otherwise, it'll be we're number one, and that'll be it in a right. bubble, and then right. I will be a douche. I, I totally get the justification Ooh, to do. What it. page am I on? I like this. That. Is a hundred and hundred and one. Hundred and one. That's Whoa. the best page. You're in the chapter. Uh, can you believe they included me on this list? There's a lot of people that are like, I can't believe I'm number two. The, Mike Tyson. I'm reading this one. I heard I'm the second most influential athlete on Twitter and Facebook. Not bad for a guy who a year ago didn't know what social media was. <laughs> that's, Tyson? that's Tyson. Who is number one? Wow, that's Minka. Is is there one that's your favorite or the most egregious? Well, there's a whole chapter on this guy named Totes Magotes. Mm-hmm. And um, he's pretty egregious. He's like a real estate guy in San Diego, and he's he's uh, 
I don't know who he is. I still don't know his real identity. All you have to do is follow around Tyra Banks for 10 minutes, and I feel like she's, you could write another she's a treasure volume to for this sure. book. Yeah. She's, um, she's got to be in this book. She is somewhere. I have, yeah, times. yeah, yeah, she's in there. Wow. So this Totes Magoats guy, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, the first one that was sent to me was uh, actually have to dolly my TV through the house, like a four-mile walk from garage to family slash pool room. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then a picture mm. of like his large hallway. Mm. And you know what I realized that's going on on the college level? Yeah. A lot of when guys in the pros score a touchdown, they've been doing this new thing. And when I say they, I think you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. <laughs> Where they point at their na- they point at their back, right. like they do this. Hey, hey you check, see the name on the out. back? Check me out. Check check out who scored this touchdown. Brian probably seen this uh, enough in the NFL. It's it's worked its way down to the college level. Except for half the teams in college don't, don't have, have their names, <laughs> so they're doing like hey, and it's yeah. like, well, you're 45, <laughs> but that's on the front too. Right, right. So why are you doing the back? And there's a thing? lot of there's a lot of 45s on a right. lot of teams, and there's and it's not on there's no you're pointing at your non name on the back of your jersey like someone has to really sit down and explain the end zone celebration that does the check out the name on the back of the jersey if we're one of the many many college teams i guess notre dames that way fc's that way yeah who do not put the name on the back of the jersey don't do that one right right you know i agree do one here's do one where you point at the front of the jersey and then do a move where you look it up in the program you know like with <laughs> a finger you know i don't know i'm not telling you exactly how I to think. mime that but point this and then do that you know or just point to the sky that's i'll oh, point to the sky stick to that one just thank that's jesus good. and we'll, we'll he got you in yeah that's right and then the db who got burnt and uh lit up for the for the six you point at the ground you curse the devil. Satan! <laughs> everyone should point it. Everyone who got burned, like whoever missed yeah, the tackle yeah. and got burned, has got to point at the ground right. and be like, Fuck Or you, I'd devil. love to see a Satanist player who was thanking the ground. He right. thanks the devil. Mm, that'd, be, right. that'd be a good place for Arizona. It. Yeah. It's a good team to start on, the Sun Devils. Oh, oh yeah, shit. You got the buddy. Well, yeah, that's Arizona. Arizona. All right. Give us one more, Harris. What do you got? Uh, okay, well. Since I've put on like 20 pounds in the last year, I'll do one from the, oh, I'm too skinny chapter. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, the chicks hate the too skinny chapter. Yeah, so she, this girl who I don't know, she says, my pants keep falling off. I need a smaller size, frowny face. Like, I fucking hate it. <laughs> oh, like, my God. Yeah. Everyone in America is just like eating pizza and donuts and had, cannot relate to that problem. Yeah. At all. Yeah. So why put it out there into on the internet? What okay. is um I mean there's a male there's a kind of a male version of that. There's a I super, can't find a condom that fits like that. Well there's that yeah, that's pretty good. There's there's a, a woman, a porn star in here that says I can't find a dildo that's uh uh big enough. She says that. I don't know how much bragging yeah, involved that's, with that. Right. <laughs> Um, it's my favorite. There's a version, there's a super stud version of this where their thighs are really muscular, but they have no waist. So it's right. hard to find pants because they get like a 29 or a 30, but they can't, their thighs don't fit into it. Like that's like one of those super fucking right. studly, right. studly it's the picture, ones. It's the picture of self in the gym mirror, which you see too often. Yeah. There's also right. the one where it's like the shirts, like they cut, they cut me off at the bicep, like they're all too tight around the uh-huh, bicep, uh-huh. you know, those, those kind of, right. those kind of ones. Right. I can only wear gaucho pants from right. Fogo to Chow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> 
Oh, fucking love that Fogo. It's I was reading best. through the book before the show. The thing Harris is not uh, giving himself credit for is all of the humble brags. I'm pretty sure all of them had yeah. his little commentary at the end, so it's not just the funny humble brag. Right. It's Harris's. Well, that uh, was the thing the editor said. Why Why write a book about this if you if these are all on Twitter? So a lot of the comments, <laughs> so then, is, which yeah, he was completely right about. So I had to put all these catty remarks in afterwards. Uh, by the way, you uh, have it's a, a uh, right there. By the way, editor forced me to make hilarious. Uh, listen, remarks. no one. I, yeah, <laughs> guilty. You've uh, you've had a uh, sitcom picked up by ABC. Yeah, just recently with uh, Greg Daniels. Greg Daniels is producing. Who uh, you know created Parks and Rec, which I sure. run on now. Sure, you were in an Offerman woodshop. Oh, right, right, Nick Offerman. Yeah, yeah. and um, and uh, it stars Brian Baumgartner, who is plays uh, Kevin, the big, you know, fat, bald, dumb guy on The Office. Yeah, right now. yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's a bunch of people from The Office that are going off and trying to uh, prolong a, you know, TV career. And um, this is what's it about? This is about a guy who works at uh, his customer service supervisor at uh, Delta Airlines in at the Hartsfield-Jackson Airport in Atlanta. And you're allowed to call it Delta. Well, no, <laughs> but that'll be a thing that we worry about later. Now yeah. we just want to get the show uh, yeah, made. Yeah. Now and later, so later it's going to be good because we're going to come up with a new name. An airline that doesn't exist. Yes, yes. And then work at an airport. Lots of conversations <laughs> with legal where you go, "What's the guy's name?" And you go, "The guy's name is Stu." And then they go, "What's his last name?" And you go, "Well, we never really mention it." Well, you do say his mom's last name is Jackson, right? right. So his name is Stu Jackson. Yeah. Well, it turns out there's three people named Stu yeah, Jackson yeah. Oh, who yeah. live in the area, so you <laughs> yeah. can't go with Stu Jackson. And then I always go, "What are they going to do? Sue you?" <laughs> By the way, why aren't they suing each other right now? <laughs> there's three of them. They should be going at it. Some kind of fucking loser leaves town cage match or something. No, you can't use it now. And then, then there's stuff like this. There's all the great law like stuff where they go, if there were like a hundred Stu Jacksons, you could use Stu Jackson. Right. What's the or number? no Stu Jacksons you. But if there's three, you can't use a Stu Jackson. So then you have to fucking just randomly start changing the names mm-hmm. of the guys and you got used to calling that character by that name yeah. and all this fucking retarded shit that never ends from legal. So uh, be prepared to be completely demoralized. Oh, I, yeah, oh I know, you know, from just working at parks that we can't clear any name in Indiana. The names that we that don't clear are ridiculous sometimes. Yeah, this goes. Uh, there's and, no way there's a guy named Torch Glavitz in right <laughs> South Bend. And then they then they do this one. They do this one too. They they do this one where they go. Um, you go. All right. So fucking uh, the guy's name is Stu Jackson. So what? So what are we saying? We're not doing anything. There's another human being named Stu Jackson. Okay. I mean, the guy will probably think it's cool. What's the big deal? Oh, he can sue. And then you go. Sue over what? Like, what are we doing? That sue? I'm suing you because you got me laid because you made a sitcom with my name in it. And then they pause and they go, "Listen, anybody can sue over anything at any time." And then you go, "Good. Then what the fuck are we talking about? I'm yeah. going to sue you for wasting my time. All right? If anyone can sue anyone, then then it's this fucking game on. It's true. It's ridiculous. I had to take out a big insurance policy on this book because. Any of these people can – I didn't clear any of this. I don't know if this is legal still. To, my lawyers didn't know. No one knows. There's like, well, we'll see what happens. Hey, listen. I'm making Mangria <laughs> in the sink of, uh, yeah. of an apartment in uh, Encino. So believe me, I know about legal action. Uh, yeah, my son in my sitcom was – you don't need to get uh, – Mike puts notes up for me to read, but then he gets rid of them and replaces them with nothing. 
So you can leave it up there till you got something better. Yeah, his name was Nate for a thousand years, and then he had to get changed. His name had to be changed to Eddie. Except for Eddie. I got used to calling yeah. him Nate. Right. So I'd be like, Nate, and then his name's not Nate anymore. Right. It's now Eddie. Because there was some guy named Nate that had the last name of this guy. And it's like, well, who gives a fuck? And also, it's like in the area you live in. And it's just a bunch of lawyers researching a bunch of fucking nothing. As I've told you... Many times, Crank Yankers was called Prank Puppets, and the lawyers at Comedy Central went nuts and said, you can't call it Prank Puppets. Why? Is there another show called Prank no, Puppets? No, 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 no. This, this, this show's malice. Oh. And if it ever got anyone ever sued us with the name Prank Puppets, they would somehow prank shows malice, and uh, then we would lose for sure because of the name. And I told the stupid lawyers, you should hope they bring up Prank when they're talking yeah, about pranks whatever. Pranks are fake and not real right. and funny. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And That's uh, insane. They did the absolutely not. And then they do the huge lie, the fucking mammoth lie that they do, and they're going to do to you, so be prepared for this, where they go like, listen, I thought... It could be a problem, but I didn't know. So I went down the hall, and I talked to uh, Irv Jackman, and Irv hit the floor. <laughs> hit the floor when I told him. It's like, well, Irv, Irv did, really? Right, right. You really yeah. went down the fucking hall? There, there's no Irv, Irv Jackman. Irv went, oh, <laughs> really? Irv went like, oh, no way are they going to call that show Prank Puppets. Right. Ugh, it's, it's so fucking maddening, and you, you'll never win. And then someone next to you will just, you'll just go, fuck it. Just fucking move on. Yeah. Just come up with a new name. Well, can you call Nate and wherever the fuck and, and ask him, can we use your name? Is no. that They never think to do that. They'll never do that. And then at a certain point, right before you go on, I think this is, uh, when did Cinco uh, de Maya Angelou call us? <laughs> that was the NBC pilot. That was NBC. We get on the phone about, I don't know, a day before we were shooting with a chick who sounded like... Uh, David Allen Greer was doing Harriet Tubman or, and Maya Angelou at the same time. Like, <laughs> I, I, and she got on the phone with us, and she was like the head of, uh, of, you know, I don't know, fucking urban diversity or something, and started just yelling at us about... Estradaro! Estradaro! She was like, you can't call somebody Mexican. And I'm like... Well, you can call him German, right? Yeah. You can call him Italian, yeah. Why is Mexican a pejorative unless you're racist, right, right, by the way? Because right. you're the one. That's not an insult, right. calling someone who's Mexican well, that's like Mexican. Jew sounds insulting, but it's not. Right. So what, but yeah. they are. It's yeah. accurate. Yeah. Yes. So it's fine. Uh, then they went on. So she gave us a whole big dressing down about what we could do and what we couldn't do and what wasn't going to be acceptable. And I just started calling her Cinco de Mayo Angela because she sounded like Maya Angela, but she just talked about Mexicans. <laughs> Nonstop fucking Mexican talk. It was nothing but Mexican talk. And she was explaining how Southland fucked up. Like, they, they screwed up royally, the show Southland, because they had Hispanic cops, like detectives, but instead of calling the guy Detective Hernandez, they just called him Johnny, mm -hmm. and they dropped the ball. Because he was Hispanic, and if just called him Inspector or Detective Hernandez, that would have been huge. But they made the huge mistake of calling him by his first name, and thus they got no Mexican 
Nope. Oh, that's interesting. Points. McCre- yeah, McCredits. Right, right. You know what I mean? Well, that's a <laughs> thing that's that... Yeah. I got no brown credits. Right. credits. Right. And then I was like, you realize how insanely racist this whole fucking sure. conversation is? And every single network has to have a black woman in head of diversity, whatever. You can't, you can't have a... You can't have a guy who looks like Conan O'Brien do it, God forbid, a white guy just deliver a message. You have to have someone who looks like the shit right. they're talking about. <laughs> like if they had someone in charge of talking about basketball, they'd need a seven-footer to talk to you over the phone. Otherwise, the message wouldn't come through. So, And then they get super <laughs> preachy, and then they just talk about diversity, and they don't realize just how fucked up and racist their whole conversation is. I love the idea that there might be a head of basketball at NBC. <laughs> He'd have to be at least 6'8". Otherwise, mm-hmm. there'd be no... Ma- we, we, Paul Simon could not deliver no, that message. It would be believable. I'm Brian Scalabrini. Uh, get right. over here, Brian. Let me put you up against the wall and measure you. Pretty yeah. sure 6'11". It's so now they give you that conversation like a week before, or actually it was a day and a half before, we, or like a day before we start shooting, and they just go through the script. They go like, "We don't like this, and we don't like that." And it's like, "Well, it's a little late for yeah, why, this because we're they shooting." Do it mm-hmm. so late. Well, they're fuck ups, and they're fuck ups who don't have a boss. You see, they don't. the The, the head of the network is scared of them. Mm-hmm. They have to have total autonomy. They can't put any pressure on them or tell them, hey, just let them go or leave the script alone or whatever. They can't have a boss because that's not going to play right. They have to be sort of, I don't know, they have to be like officials. It's not It's right. not like, well, right. either team is their boss. Right. They're just out there making the calls. So they just do whatever the fuck they want. And they act like it, too. Like, her attitude was shitty all the way through the fucking phone call. <laughs> Eventually, I just told her, look, we're, we're going to do what we're going to do, and you can go fucking figure it out later. <laughs> By the way, just a, a, a nice side note. This was after you wanted to cast your actual Nicaraguan friend, Oswaldo, as your Nicaraguan friend, Oswaldo, and you got forced to cast a clearly Puerto Rican guy who did not fit the part. <laughs> right. And it was also told to us by the idiots who produced the show that we couldn't call Oswaldo Oswaldo. And I said, but that's his name. Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, but you can't use it. Because <laughs> it's his name and he's real? Well, they were just assholes and they they wanted to argue with us. So this is one of the one times I actually went to one of the lawyers or one of the producers and went, uh, one, of the, one of the network people and went, I don't get why I can't call the fucking guy by his real name. And they mm-hmm. finally said yes, but this was just Berman Braun just fucking arguing with us the whole time. <laughs> Total dicks. So uh, it'll, it, it'll be it'll yeah. good, because yeah. otherwise it'll be a fucking... It'll be a disaster anyway, but this will be a super disaster. <laughs> yeah, I don't It would have been. It would have been. Yeah, no, no. Lower, lower those know, expectations. You're going nowhere. <laughs> but if you can get through all of that, right. and then you can get a couple good seasons under your belt, then eventually, magically... They stop talking, mm-hmm. and you don't have to listen to them, and the product just gets better. It's it's a weird thing, but at a certain point, you get enough juice. At the beginning, they'll talk as much as you have to listen, even if they don't have notes. Right. Network, producers, right. whoever you're working with. Right. So that's the way to work. And I've been on the, the, sh- the two shows that I've written on have just kind of like eked by season to season. Sarah Silverman's show. Right. Which, you know, we got to three seasons somehow. Right. Well, it was a good show. That's it was it was a good show. Yeah, yeah, but just like ratings weren't great the whole time, so right. they were still getting us notes up until the end, pretty much. Right. And then Parks were still trying to find an audience somehow. It's about to be season five. <laughs> it's nice to be in season five and trying yeah. to find an audience. But we just yeah, we didn't even yeah. It's, the the thing uh, the thing the whole reason to have ratings is not to have to listen to people. Right. That's exactly. that's the message because exactly. when when 
when you don't have great ratings, you get notes. Right. When you have great ratings, you don't get notes, and that's it. And it doesn't matter how much funnier or how much better written your show is than Two and a Half Men. If Two and a Half Men's doing well, they don't get notes. And if you're not doing well, you get notes Mm -hmm. by dumb people who don't know comedy. (laughs) And... Might just be giving notes just to kind of flex their muscle. Sure. This is where I have to go silent because so, I still am employed. Yes. You'll, uh, <laughs> enjoy all the dumb people and all their fucking horrible, horrible notes. All right. We are going to do a little uh, news. The news with Allison Rosen. She'll read some news from her iPad. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. It's Allison. Allison. And when it's time to wrap it up, she'll sign it off with zip it, cut it. Allison, Allison. Daylight savings time officially over. Unless you're a resident of Hawaii, some of Arizona, or most of Arizona, and some mm. U.S. territories. What did you guys do with your extra hour? I, I do the same thing I always do, which is I just sleep, and then I have the one clock that changes automatically. And then the other ch- clock that doesn't change. Yeah. And I'm not sure which ones do it automatically anymore. That's why everyone needs one of the old school ones to mm-hmm. just hang it on the wall or one with the battery in it hanging on the wall with the big hand and the little hand. Because I always get a little bit, little bit confused. But I said, and, and this is a nice move for, for everybody, set your clock for exactly the time it is right now. Just set it. Don't do the, ah, this one's two minutes fast and that one's three minutes slow. It'll fuck you up. I told my wife, I call radio stations all morning long. I have to know exactly what it is. Just fucking put it right on. Just, we're all adults. Let's Mm -hmm. be realistic. How does my car clock get off somehow, though? Mine does, too. Why does that happen? I do set it for the time it is, and invariably... Two months later, it's two minutes slow. It's always slow, too. Yeah. Or, right. But it doesn't, it, whatever the direction it goes in, it's the direction it makes you late. Absolutely. So I yeah. guess it would be f- slow. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know, but it happens to me every time, too. Mike, do you have, I was going to tell you, I'm going to talk about this this weekend, but the uh, a year ago, maybe it was two years ago, I clipped, I always laugh about the uh, USA Today and they're fucking horrible snapshots because they have all this fucking little stupid things. Oh, they're things. infographics. Yeah, and and they always pe- they always piss me off because it's like they do the you know favorite favorite food, comfort food, and there's always the asshole to bombs says don't know, you know. And mm-hmm. I always say, look, you got nothing. Put a picture of a missing kid when you have nothing. This like I I would always yell yell this at Peanuts and Charles Schultz like right. I'd, I'd read his fucking thing and go well this is horrible this is unfunny this is nothing of nothing put missing kids here and just mm-hmm. say we got nothing instead confusing me with your horrible brand of humor <laughs> this is something I found last year how will you use the hour gained with the end of daylight savings time <laughs> sleep uh, do chores I like that one uh, read. <laughs> Watch TV or a movie. I like that one. I like the visit with friends. Just for, just for one hour, though. It's a very quick visit. And what's it saying to that person? Like, how tight really are you? Right. Except yeah. if this didn't happen, I wouldn't be visiting with you right now. Right. And I always, the one that says do chores, I know the guy's wife was standing next to him. And he was like, Jack, uh, do, do chores. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, do chores. And uh, not even the next day, like like at 2.30 in the yeah. morning on Saturday. <laughs> I'll get out of that fucking that weed extra whacker. extra 2 a.m. Yeah, I'll hit it right then. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, hard-hitting investigative journalism, everybody. What are you going to do with that hour? The See, honest ones just said sleep. 
Let's yeah. be honest. See, I was thinking this is really the first year that I was aware that there was only one or two clocks that I needed to change. Everything mm-hmm. else I used to see what time it is, like my phone and the cable box, they right. just change automatically. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right. I still think this time manipulation is bullshit, though. They do in Arizona. And I don't really think we need it anymore. I, I didn't get any extra farming done last season. I had very little tilling of soil done. Mm-hmm. I know. Very little. I, mean, I guess that's our <laughs> fault, though. But um, the power back on in downtown Manhattan. And I know you're going there next week, Adam, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I got an email from uh, James Baby Doll Dixon, my agent today. And I had a fucking, I had like one of these conversations with him like four or five months ago where he's like, He's one of these guys who just, he's always doing improvements to his house. He lives in Manhasset, Matasset, Mafasset. I don't know, wherever the fucking Baldwin brothers grew up. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it's it's all that talk about um, lacrosse. (laughs) (laughs) People need to tell people on the East Coast that people on the West Coast don't give a fuck about lacrosse. Right. Go, we, think that's, we think that's a Buick. We don't even know it's a fucking <laughs> sport. And anytime I see white guys excelling at sports, it's a non-sport right. to me. I just know that Maryland is good at it. Yeah, that's but the only thing guys running around on like shoulder pads and then it's like running behind the net and like throwing it. It never looks very impressive to me. Well, it's huge, Wait, are you from a lacrosse playing? I'm from Houston, Berg? Texas, and oh. I did play lacrosse in eighth grade on a team and we were awful. But. So... It, they, uh, I told him, I said, listen, baby doll, you got a nice big spread over there, and he's talking about doing renovations and doing this and doing that. Somehow a generator comes up. And I was like, look, you get a generator. You get a generator. And I'm not talking about the ones you pull with the, with the rip cord and plug the shit in. And, you know, I'm talking about an industrial size, like a commercial-grade generator. And it's expensive for people that don't have money, but if you're doing okay, it ain't much. It's, you know, I don't know, three grand, whatever. It's a generator. It's the size of a refrigerator box or something on its side. Uh, You pipe natural gas into it, so you you don't have to fill up a gas tank, in other words. It'll fire up once a month just on its own just to kind of keep things lubricated and, you know, the joints, uh, joints moving around. And then you have an electrician, and you pick, you know, X amount of breakers for depending on what size you get. You can get a whole house size one, but that's that's big. You can get a medium size one and go, look, keep the refrigerator on, keep the TV set on, keep the upstairs bedroom lights on. You pick like seven, eight circuits. It'll be hooked up. It's all hooked up. And that's that's the end of that. And I said, oh, baby, that's what you got to do. And then we got into it. Like, I got into detail, and I told him which one to buy and all that kind of shit. Then I got an email from him today. I love a good email where a guy goes, fuck it. God fucking damn it. And you think they're pissed off at something? And then he's like, I'm such an asshole. I should have listened to you about this generator (laughs) thing. Fuck. Wait, so maybe I missed it, but why did you tell him five months ago to get one just to have – just? I try to avoid – this coming? I I try to avoid (laughs) intimate – Discussions and topics, you know, kids, family, relationships, stuff like that. If you know him long enough, eventually you'll have the generator conversation (laughs) with him, too. You just think in case of any disaster, you didn't think that New York was, like, due for a hurricane, obviously. Well, I know God hates them (laughs) because, you know, their lifestyle. Right, right, right. You're gays and the Jews. Sometimes there's gays, Jews. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the fucking double. Why? Rabbi's son was gay growing right. up. Oh, yeah. 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 He accepted Sorry. him. 
Shrek Just one and thing. two. <laughs> oh, by the way, they always say they accept them. Where are they going to go? Right, right. <laughs> I, know, I rejected the liar. <laughs> you don't talk to those guys. All right, so um, I just said as long as you're pouring money into your renovation, here's what you should do. Like, And anybody who's doing that should go ahead and toss one of these on. Do you have one? Mm-hmm. I, I have one. Actually, to be more accurate, I had one. I disconnected it to do a renovation, and I have to reconnect it. So I'm guilty as well. But they, they, or not as guilty, but partially guilty for not reconnecting it. But they do, like I said, they hook up to natural gas. They fire up on their own. And again, you pick. For me, I was like, I started with the TV set and then moved to another TV set. Eventually, somebody said, what about your kid's room? And I was like, does that have a TV set? (laughs) (laughs) But I, I knew... Look, I can get by with no power as long as I have a fucking refrigerator and a TV set. Yeah. I don't even know. I won't know. (laughs) Important things. Now, if you were the only house that had a generator and you were in a community and everyone lost power, but Mm -hmm. you still had power because your generator, when you ran into people, would you pretend that you were also suffering? Yeah. I would I would go like when when they wanted to know where I was going. And meanwhile, I was just going to get more batteries for my universal remote. <laughs> I'd be like, well, I'm on a candle and lard run. Right, right. Why? <laughs> Fucking horrible. Are you eating an ice cream cone? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Power here in days. I bought this off that Mexican in the van. This is not from my refrigerator, if that's what you're asking. The napkin around the base says Corolla Christmas Party 2012. <laughs> well, you know what? We had... Have you have you heard of blue ice in a freezer? Yeah. We had a situation where we had so much ice built up that actually this is just part of the thawing process. But if you're asking me if my refrigerator's up and running, no, it is not. And <laughs> I feel if like you want to deceptive, well, you can check. It. Yes, the light will come on if you open the door. But that, well, that doesn't that isn't that a dead giveaway that it works? My no, God, I have no spoiling food. My children's no. Me. That's just a psychological thing that runs off a nine volt. Oh. That's just so it feels like it's working. <laughs> well, don't I have egg on my face now. It cost a little extra. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we got nothing. Don't come by. We're good. Okay. Yeah. Can I and at least it, have a head off that ice cream? Mm, and No, oh. you can't. And let me say this, too, <laughs> because I know you sometimes say you can, you, can, uh, you can hear what's going on in my house or from your house. Yeah, yeah. We're very close. My wife does a spot-on uh, impersonation of Chris Berman. Okay, so if you hear, it's only a flickering candle and my wife spouting off about uh, what went on. That Uh, explains the back, 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 back. Yeah, she calls it the ticker. She knows a lot about NFL football. She she cheered in high school, so that'll be that. This explains so much. Mm -hmm. And again, I can't have a taste of the ice cream. No, no. All right, fair enough. See you in the bread line. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Bloomberg canceled the marathon after people were outraged because it appeared that they were going to go on with the marathon. People were like, isn't our energy better focused elsewhere? But some joggers were upset, you know. I like when there's a lot of like, uh, they'll be stepping over corpses. Mm -hmm. I like when there's a like when they get into the serious hyperbole. Well, they're running across the, you know, Brooklyn Bridge will be fishing fetuses <laughs> out of the bay. Like, I like when they do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, my old thing is, like, I, I do that thing where it's kind of like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't. And then someone says, hey, this just says we persevere, we go on, we move forward. And then you go, yeah, okay. Like, you probably shouldn't have too strong an opinion one Unless way or the other. Unless you jog, I guess. Then Unless it's okay you jog. You but in general, I hate 
people who prove anything to themselves, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's what marathoners do. Some and people even ran it anyway. Oh, they right? did? Yeah, yeah, a lot of people just were like, well, we're still going to run 26 miles. Who cares? Hate those hate, people. Yeah, yep. the worst. Hate mm-hmm. those people. Yeah. You know this really impacts? There's dead bodies everywhere. Come on, guys. The yeah. Kenyans. Because yeah. they don't have, <laughs> right. like... This is their one time This is shot. their thing. Yeah. It's not like, well, we manufacture a lot of those... Um, we we do like a like like a solid rocket pod boosters for the space program, and we do cross country, mm-hmm. or we make a fantastic luxury automobile, right. and we win. They pretty much have one Christmas. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. called it's called a marathon. a marathon. That's what they do. So this is this is really toughest on Kenya. Yeah this this flood was definitely the worst on Kenya. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. Now, they should just go ahead, and it is because not only are they not winning. Not only are they not winning anything, but they could probably use some water for some of their scorched crops. Right. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So the whole reason your countrymen aren't winning a marathon is because we're, we have too much water. <laughs> That's an awkward phone call home to Kenya. Yeah. Uh, let me talk <laughs> to Kenya. An abundance of water. Can't you run can't, the race. You can't run because there's too home. much water? <laughs> too much water. Yeah. And that thing that's never on, well, right. it's off. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and we can't do without it. Although you guys have learned. All now, right. Now, if you were going to train, for, if you train for the marathon, is it a requisite that you have to tweet about your progress? Because those are, those are not humble brags. Those are some of my least favorite tweets. A lot of them are humble brags. Yeah. I don't think anyone should train for a marathon. I think it's like training to be raped. I think right. you just you get drunk and start can't. running. Yeah. You just fucking go. <laughs> just start running. That Seven. is how you train to be raped. Get oh, drunk and start marathon? running. That's <laughs> so, true. Yeah. Right. I mean, just have a fucking shot of Jack and just see how far you can get <laughs> in street shoes. Well, my parents ran a marathon once, and my mom really? did get train, together? and my dad didn't. My dad made it about a mile, <laughs> and my mom finished. So kind of go. pokes holes in that theory, I still but. think I could hang with your dad more easily than your <laughs> For mom. Sure. I mean, we have more to talk about. <laughs> he likes Jack a lot more. <laughs> he... He didn't train for the marathon. Yeah, no. He just started running. He's got a terrible build. And and but but they did it as a couple. Yeah. They they ran it as a couple. They started it, yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. I'd like to uh I'd, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to uh, check that out. I mean, I, I there's something I find interesting about that. It's also one of about those About what? People who jo- who oh, do a well, marathon as a couple? Well, or? You you realize you come from a horrible family because whenever anyone talks about you know vacations or camping or you know oh my folks every year we would get a cabin in Wisconsin and we'd go there and you go what 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 and what <laughs> it sounds so weird and foreign and then you realize other people do normal things just because your family's a piece of shit <laughs> but running a marathon together to anyone yeah. from from my side of town seems completely and utterly insane mm-hmm. oh I had a couple that I was roommates with like a few years ago and they trained. Every day, pretty much, they got up at five. I it fucking drive me crazy oh. when I would get up at eleven and they right. would be coming back from running on the beach like eight miles. Right, and fucking hate like those people. Yeah. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> I I went. To, I had to be in the lobby in Vegas at about six thirty to catch a flight on a Sunday morning after 
doing the played a show at the House of Blues and then drank a bunch of fucking Pinot Noir and beers and got hung over and went to bed at two and then got up at six and then went down the lobby and I was surrounded by marathoners. Just like people <laughs> running in place, checking their own pulse. Who are these people that are they checking really their own pulse? They really do seem so happy though. And yeah. I would like that, but I still don't want to do it. And also these ones that are constantly timing, you know, as soon as they take off, they're timing yeah. themselves yeah. and all that shit. Right. I hate it's that. It's not a real happiness. It's people that were that have gone sober and have to. Yeah. That's oh, their new addiction. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, you that's either right. get in shape or you find God or both. Right. right. And I don't want to do either of those. It's I've like said, the really active version of building a giant Lego thing. The worst, or uh, the the worst, as I said many times, are the swimmers, the morning <laughs> yeah, swimmers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we went. I got up. I get up at five and I go down to the Y. I do a couple Just of lap, miles yeah. and I ba 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 ba, and then. I want to fucking choke them out when I go like, well, what happens like when you travel and, you know, you go, you get into L.A., you get into New York or something like on a red eye and you don't get your room until like two. Still get up at five. Still. And you're like, are you fucking nuts now? Are you nuts? And then they go, you never feel more awake. Mm -hmm. Of course, you've been submerged in cold water for 90 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, you're awake. You're pissed. Sleep when you're dead. No, you won't. You're you're dead when you're dead. You know, you sleep when I'm alive. That's what I say all the time. I want to nap. So why not taking any chances? You want to feel awake? Let me just kick you off a fucking crab boat. You'll feel awake when you fucking hit that icy water. You're not going to be happy, but you'll be awake. You can do some laps. Yeah. All right. Where the fuck were we? Uh, a two-year-old boy uh, visiting the Pittsburgh Zoo fell into an exhibit of African painted dogs. I bet are... he was awake when he hit those hyenas, right? Uh, for a second, and then he was dead <laughs> because oh. the dogs the dogs instantly mauled him. But Jesus. there's some question about whether he died from the impact or from the dogs. But uh, I, like zookeepers, you know, called off the dogs, and about seven of them left, you know, right away. And then three more of them they were able to pull off, I think. And then one of them just would not stop, so they had to shoot it. And these are endangered dogs. So Someone's got to talk to Africa after, well, maybe when I'm talking to Kenya, I can get to the rest of the continent and go, how come everything that starts with your name, like we got bees, ain't no problem. And then we got the African killer bees, you know, and then we got dogs, and then we got the African killer dogs, we got ants, mm-hmm. and then we got your ants. He knows the theme, yeah, like everything yeah, yeah. that comes from where your continent kills other shit. Even there's benign versions of it everywhere else. But it comes from your fucking, I got a dog. She'd lick that kid to death. Right. You know what I mean? And then take the nap. The, the, these dogs, which look to me like hyenas, yeah, and I don't know hyena how hyenas got that reputation for being sort of jovial when they're the fucking scariest animals on the planet. Because like la- the laughter, laughter seems jovial. Yeah, but even that, <laughs> they're not laughing; they're just <laughs> no, fucking communicating so they can rip you to pieces. Right, right. Um, so the poor kid fell in. Yeah, uh, his mother had placed him on the railing to view the dogs, and then he just fell it's awful oh isn't that i mean like kind of michael jackson style yeah i i think that she should obviously shouldn't have placed him there not you know we do with the flamingos not the african right, right. killer dogs so the painted dogs and, and don't so, maybe don't call them dogs yeah maybe they don't like right. that well, they just don't look like dogs, and they're clearly not dogs. They kill you. They're they, they're like wolves. So, so they they so the kid fell, mm-hmm. and 
Yeah, like they don't know whether he, they don't know yet whether he died from the impact of the fall because it was 12 feet or so. Onto the cement, right? Or, sorry, 11 foot fall. Um, I, I don't know what the ground actually was. But. Well, sometimes what they do is they have like these sort of weird pits, yeah. like before they get to it or whatever. Um, fucking sad. And the, the dogs just like tore him apart kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, they, they just instantly mauled him. But, you know, even a pa- I see. I think even a pack of poodles, yeah, would would turn feral. Oh, I thought you were talking about gay guys. You're talking <laughs> about actual dogs now. Yeah, because dogs it, have that pack mentality. Uh, I mean, have I you just, read Twilight? It's a dog thing. I know, but I I feel. Uh, you know, first off, like on one hand, uh, poor mama. Yeah. Like like really like. Th- th- You'd rather your kid just die of autoerotic asphyxiation than this. Because, like, that fucking story yeah. of, like, hey, where's the uh, three-year-old? Where's the little Sammy there? Long story. Throw like, like, a uh, like I mean, this one has to, like, keep going. Like, right. what, hap- what happened? Mauled by a dog? Ah, fucking people. They get these fucking pit bulls. They don't fucking chain them up. It's a little bit different. Uh, right. Took him to the zoo. Like, how far before you get yeah. there? Well, and then you're going to get this one. How do you get over the railing? Like, I, I sat him, him up yeah. on there. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, John Cusack is developing a movie about Rush Limbaugh. And <laughs> he's going to play him. Ooh. Which is, uh, as Gary said, they're going to have to have a lot of special effects. Young Rush? I, I don't think he, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be young or not. I think that I once in a while, I, Kuzak is one of these guys who wants to get fat, but he, but he can't. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think once in a while they just take a role where they go find a fat, famous guy. I'm going to play that guy. <laughs> right. Do you Fuck think it, he was choosing between off. Rush, John Goodman, and <laughs> the John Goodman Farley? He would have <laughs> been a good Rush, John Goodman. Also, what's up with that Orson Welles project? He's uh, still on Turnaround. He's uh, all also what, what's going on. Kuzak's hair is not. He's getting. It's getting a little dangerous with that hair because his hair has not made a move in a while. He and right. Piven, I know they're buddies, but uh, yeah. it's a race to the uh, yeah, the, hair, line the hair is getting darker and longer. As, yeah, he is a candidate for the graying around the temples that would make it look more natural. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yes. Also, the weirdest thing ever, and I don't know, and I think there's some vanity the guy has, and I can't quite figure it out, but I was watching uh, the movie uh, 2012 or whatever the uh, mm-hmm. Mayan calendar thing was, and at some point, and... That's where he drives the limo? <laughs> yeah. Across he drives, the canyon? Yeah, yeah, he drives the... He, drives across, he jumps the limo across Snake River Canyon right. and... All that kind of stuff. It's one of the things where L.A.'s crumbling behind him, and uh, and he saves everybody. But th- there's there's one point where they show his driver's license, and the date on his driver's license. Now, John Cusack is in real life like my age. He's forty six. All right, I'm forty eight, so he's two years younger, and I don't know when his birthday is, but we're probably a year and a half apart. He's a Sagittarius. Well, that I know because we're compatible. Mm-hmm. His driver's license in eight in 2012, so he should be, so it's 2012 now, so he should be 46 or 40, 47. Um, his driver's license says that he was born in 79. Right. Why? Make him one year younger than me. Why would he be born in 79 when he's a dad of, he's a dad of That's two children 
And it's 2012. It's not 2031. It's 2012. 79 makes him 33 in the movie. Right. 2012. Why did they do that? <laughs> like, I was looking at it the whole time. Maybe like, it was supposed to be another actor at some point. A I, I, I'm trying, like, actor. Did he get involved? <laughs> uh, props guys are fucking. That's just art department. Art, that, art, art department men yeah. and women are horrible, horrible, horrible at what they do. Shoot one movie with all these guys and right. be bitterly disappointed. Right. And you go, did you read the script? And like, oh, well, I thought it would be funny to do this. They do that? Yeah. They do oh. my famous one from my movie, The Hammer, where the script says the guy holds up a pillowcase size sack of peanuts and the guy hands me a brown paper bag that's uh as big as my hand with peanuts in it and he goes that's what we got and i said what about the pillowcase size sack of peanuts and he goes they don't make peanuts in a pillowcase <laughs> but anyway here's your peanuts in this brown bag where you can't see the peanuts and i said it doesn't read and then we start the argument right Anyway, Brian, sorry. There's, a, you know what? I never thought of it till just now. But he, when he was promoting uh, High Fidelity, he went on TRL. MTV was really popular at the time, like 2000 or whatever it was. He couldn't have looked more out of place. It was awkward. He was like the old guy who was at the, like the teenage party, mm-hmm. and Carson Daly's like, "Hey, tell us about your movie," and it's screaming teenagers. And it was so. I wonder if there's a weird with the hair and with this thing. There's enough evidence of like a weird age kind of fear of getting old kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I just saw that the first time because that was that stuck in my mind. It's so awkward when he was on TRL. Yeah, I understand shaving five years or whatever years off the uh, actor, but saying you're born in 79 when Kuzak may have been just going into high school at 79 is a little bit of a leap when the movie's right. 2012. There's a certain age that you have to Clooney it and you have to go old and accept it and right. own it. Yeah. And it looks distinguished and good. By the way, you'll still get your dick sucked. Do not worry. <laughs> uh, also... I'm the worst guy in the world to watch 2012 because they're building, spoiler alert, they're building these big arcs, you know, because the end of the world was coming. And then they had the super preachy scientist who was like, why these people? Why just these? Why the educated? Why the scientists? Why the millionaires? And it's like, because we only had enough room on these arcs for people who paid $10 million. <laughs> and we used their $10 million to build the arcs. That's why they're on here. And we can only save. And he said, why not everybody? Right. And it's like, yeah. not enough room on the fucking arc right. for everybody. <laughs> and the way you build the arc is you pay. And it's like, I say, if this arc is good for a millionaire, then it's good for a hobo. And I'm like, uh, that's not how arc hobos don't build arcs. Number one. <laughs> number two, I do want the smart people with the money and the scientists and everyone like repopulating after. I don't want the fucking alcoholics who sleep in the refrigerator boxes. We don't need to save their seed, their seed. But it, it's, it was a totally preachy movie about nothing. Like someone, everyone, look. We have the entire world's populace here. There's uh, six billion people. We have four arcs. We can hold 250,000 people. Now, who would you like to put on the ark? Just first come, first serve? And then how, who pays for the ark? Right. And how does it work? Serious question. Do a draft. Hmm. When does a boat become an ark? When it saves lives. <laughs> uh, and Betty Thomas, who did Private Parts, is going to be directing it most likely. And Ooh. it is supposed to be a nonpartisan Ooh. version. Of, uh, mm. the story. Rejoice, ditto heads. Is there an over under on number of times Rush says he's not going to see it? Because all the guys who have movies made about them, the thing is, I'm not going to see it. I, I'm not going to see that movie. 
It's like, really? Is a movie made about your life starring John Cusack? <laughs> you're not going to see that? If it's flattering, it's they'll see yet. it. If it's not, they won't. And then when they write books about them, they don't see it or read it yeah. either. If they did well. a flattering version of it, it would have to be like Kid Rock that plays him or someone yeah. that endorses <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Hogan or Rock. Ah, uh, Vistaprint. Vistaprint.com. Harris, I have a question for you. Sure. Now, I'm, I don't want you. I don't want to just. I don't want to hear the Mangria talking here. I just right. want to hear. This is me. Oh, this is you. I want to hear you talking. Uh, what if I asked you? 250 top quality business cards. 250 top quality business cards and uh, customize. You can uh, upload your own artwork. You can choose from thousands of designs. 250 top quality business cards. Professional business cards. Not like the ones that are written Mm -hmm. with crayon. Um, How much? How much for 250 top quality business cards? Probably, what, (laughs) $1,000. You have to belittle the guest. No <laughs> way, dude. And we've had people that have been off on this show. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. But I not just, that far there's off. There's no way. That's I mean, country that's mile fifty. Yeah. That's no, like we have people have been a card. off. We've had people have been off. But you, you want to try again? Because I'll give you another All try. Because right. that was way off. Can't imagine two thousand dollars. <laughs> He's going the other way. He went the other way. He's not going to want to keep trying to keep reacting like but this. But he went the other way. It's more than that. This is a you, terrible deal. You know what? No. It's, you know what you're doing right now? What? You are the guy with the pit helmet who found his way to the quicksand. Sure. And you're struggling. Right. <laughs> How do I get out? Well, you're struggling. You're getting deeper, man. No. Throw him a vine, dude. How much? Just tell I'll me how much. Vine. Just tell I'll me tell how much you a $10 vine. Ten, ten no. bucks? Ten bucks. How? Where? How? Where? I'll tell you where. Vistaprint.com. How? Type in Ace in the upper right-hand corner. 250 premium business cards for just $10. Plus, you got hold of the Vine? Yeah. Because I'm flinging you to yeah, safety now. Free shipping. Oof. You out? <laughs> this feels good. And then somewhere in the next scene, clean... Yeah. I feel like if I was dipped up to my forehead in killer mud, <laughs> you'd A, see it on me for the next several hours, <laughs> right. and B, you'd never stop me complaining. Oh, my fucking ass cheeks are on fire, right? You understand? It's like someone's taking 60 grit sandpaper to my balls. Every step is like someone took a random orbital sander to my cock and balls. Do you understand? Help us wrangle these horses, would you please? You understand what my balls feel like right now? <laughs> I, I, we just need all the handle. I feel like funny. some insane demonic pool man. Dump diatomaceous earth down my underpants and fucking put my ball sack on a paint can shaker. Do you understand that? <laughs> so that's a no for the horse. Do you what, know what an oscillating a, a, spindle sander is? No. It's, it's, Do you know what a drum sander is? Do you know what a belt sander is? No. Do you know what a disc sander is? Not a, no. Do you know what a die grinder is? The okay. horses are already in. We're the, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I know a lot of Sanders. <laughs> uh, Brian, you mentioned Hulk Hogan, and I have a story about Hulk Ooh. Hogan, which is that he settled his lawsuit against Bubba the Love Sponge, but he's still suing Gawker and Bubba's ex-wife, Heather Clem. Now, Ugh. there's nothing greater than that video. Have you seen it? I yeah, haven't seen it. I've seen it. Really? Yeah. Great how. It's mostly like 10 minutes of him going... Oh, I can't believe we just did that. I, f- I just ate so much. I feel like a fucking pig. 
It's oh, just like really? oh, it's old Hulk. Really? After yeah. Uh-huh. After doing the deed uh-huh. and just can't handle it. And then he's like, Fuck, I gotta get out of here. You're awesome. And she's like, You're awesome. And then huh. that's what he says to a girl as he leaves the room. So then do you think if he had been like a porn star, he wouldn't be so upset about the video being out? I mean, I don't I don't know why he I guess he, it makes him look yeah, like uh like he's kinda out of shape and, and it's not that hot of a hmm. porn video. Mm-hmm. And he like stops to answer the phone and see it. He's like, I think this is might be my son calling. And it's his daughter's – It's his daughter's song is playing. That's his ringtone as he's like having sex. It's very weird and gross. Mm-hmm. It's not a great video. I mean it's great because it's funny. But. What position or positions? Well, the video that I saw, which is Gawker, only shows like a, a blowjob where he's standing and she's on the bed. Uh. And then um, mm-hmm. uh, she's on top for the sex. I saw just a few minutes when he actually tapped out and uh, Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man, came in <laughs> and mopped up. It was especially when Virgil, his manservant, was right there at yeah. the, end, uh, the yeah. side of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> Ted DiBiase. <laughs> no, he was a million dollar man. Yeah, Ted DiBiase. He was. And yeah. he had Virgil, his manservant, a huge yeah. black guy. Yeah. 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 And then toward the end, the, hon- the honk tonk man came in. <laughs> Brained him with a guitar. Uh, Who knew he'd hit someone with that acoustic guitar? You just could have never fucking seen that one coming. I thought that he was due to not hit someone with a guitar, so I was betting he wouldn't. I don't know if the black manservant would go over well today. (laughs) Do you think that would work? Would it be as effective in today's social climate? I think we're so far in equality that you can do that again. We can step back and we'll still be all right? Yeah, on TV and movies, there was a point where every judge was black. Mm -hmm. Well, black females, yeah. And I think that it's okay to not do that now. I think that we've gotten to that Mm -hmm. point. Also, this is 1988. The million dollar man is not that impressive these days. Like, oh, he's worth a million bucks. I mean, he's playing the rock. The guy's worth a right. billion. Is that right. before taxes? Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> let's uh, let's bring it on. One more story. What do we got? Oh, okay. Got well, something? I sure do. Mm. Uh, Disney purchased mm. Star or purchased uh, Lucas Films for mm. four point <clears> oh <throat> five billion dollars, mm. and they'll be making the new Star Wars films. Can I say this about Lucas? Like, I, I, I you know, there's, there's parts of me where I think, oh, yeah, the guy's a genius. And then I go, yeah, but his last three movies sucked. Like, so, you know, this. Perhaps he felt that way, too. Well, didn't. How much. How involved was he in his last three films? And then. Total he, control. Total control. I mean, yeah. that's the whole thing. Like, when you. Well, write and produce and direct and whatever. I mean, like, when, when, it, when it is nothing but your kitchen and it's all of your ingredients and it's all of your it's your crock pot it's your spatula it's everything that's in your cupboard and the fucking stew tastes like shit do you get to be a michelin rated chef forever like at some point do we do we get to taste your fucking broth and go this guy makes shitty maybe if like yeah maybe if one of the new star wars was bad okay Two. Right. okay three like all right and then did he do uh, the last raiders is that no, that was oh, Spielberg. That's Spielberg. Yeah. And then what the fuck's up with Spielberg? Like, why do guys who were formerly... How is it? I mean, this is... I got your next book. I like when people <laughs> tell you your next book. <laughs> All right, Mom. I want to find out how the same guy who can do Saving Private Ryan or Schindler's List can do the last Raiders of the Last Ark. They're not hungry anymore. 
Or back to the kitchen. That's it. Well, surround like themselves that. with no one who will tell. No one I'm said. Sure there's no one on the spy on the Spider Man, the Star Wars set of the last three films, who said, "George, maybe this isn't a good idea about anything." Yeah, but, line, but why are the ideas bad in the first place? It's because they have no one. They have no no one to impress anymore. They've done it. They're not hungry. So they don't sh- care. Sh- They're should- not eating and breathing and sleeping. Sh- these scripts, you know. Should he be? Should we hail him as a genius or he's here's why he's smart is because he's handing all these the next movies over to Disney. the next woman in charge. I forget what her name is, but she has. Oh, Lucas wrote the story for Indiana. Yeah. Jones. Oh, well, I, I doubt he pounded out a script. I think it was just eh, here. You've been encounter some aliens. Yeah. What is. All right. But yeah. still, I need to think Frank. You can't just go. That's probably a hundred writers on that. Yeah. All right, listen, what are you, are you two in some fucking kind of retarded cahoots? I, I'm on board with Lucas being Rick Cahoots, Retoots. I'm not a huge Star Wars I'm just fan. Listen, that was a I, shitty, th- those are shitty scripts. Like that yeah. last Indiana Jones script was fucking embarrassingly bad. It was, like, a it was just fucking horrible. And the last uh, Star Wars thing. So maybe Lucas is a shitty writer who can't write anymore. Is that, that could what's be. Going on? Yeah. Or okay. or a hundred people wrote that. You know, it was written by a committee, which. <clears throat> Also, your theory makes sense because the strength of Star Wars, the one we all know and love, was not the writing. It was a cool movie and it had some cool effects for the time, and it was yeah. fun. And it was, you know, sword and sorcery in the outer, outer space. Acting's bad. R- regardless, it would seem that his heart was clearly not in it and is not in it if he's willing to sell it. Right. Right. And not have anything to do with it anymore. I'll tell you what your heart should be in. Go to meeting. That's right. Smooth. That's right. That's why I get the big bucks. Yeah. They got creative solutions for you, man. You, uh, you're away from your team. Your team's spread out. Can't get the band back together. It's like the act two of the Blues Brothers movie there. There was a well-written movie. We're on a mission from God. Yeah, that's right. Go to meeting with HD Faces brought to you by Citrix. It's a simple way. You can meet. You can collaborate. You can take control of your peeps, and you can do it in HD video. You can conference them, and uh, you can do it uh, from your Mac, your PC, or even the iPad. (laughs) That's right. Allergic to good copy, are you, sweetie? Evidently, I am. <laughs> Start hosting online meetings today. Go to GoToMeeting free. Free. 45 days free. Try it for free. Visit GoToMeeting.com. Click on the Try It Free button and use the promo code ADAM. All right, baby girl, let's bring it home. That's the news. I'm Allison Rosen. Zip it, cunts. I can't find a condom that fits. That was the news with Allison Rosen. <laughs> yeah, Harris Whittles, everybody. I'm happy to be the thing that Japanese men jerk off to on the subway. And that was Harris Whittles, the late great Harris Whittles, who came up with the concept of the humble brag, which will live on forever. Much like his comedy, his appearances on all these shows, too. Uh, and then his sister's uh, written about her processing the grief and his death and about him. And there, there's all this stuff about what a, just a terrific person he was. And then you also just have all of his comedy and various podcast appearances like this. It's uh, it's really weird and sad. And I'm, I'm sure especially sad for the family. But as a, as a fan, it's nice that we still have these little pieces and stuff you can go back to. And uh, for Bobby S. about Adam listening to classics, there's another weird thing that pops up where randomly stuff will occur. Where last week they had on... Uh, Oh, was, it, was it Karen Fian? Uh, yes. And she was talking about her OnlyFans account, 
And they got into like the weird topic of men wearing uh, masks at certain events where they try to set records. Yeah. And they're trying to hide their identity. That actually came up in the James Gunn clip, and I specifically cut around it to avoid anyone uh, getting him fired from the DCU position. Because I'm trying to keep that uh, bro job going in case he might come back on the show again. He's also a nice guy. So I specifically cut out that chunk, and then they covered that exact topic on an episode I hadn't heard yet that I listened to a couple hours later because it had just been posted. So it does. Go, it goes both ways, Bob. Yeah. The great magnet strikes again. Indeed. All right. That'll do it for today's Corolla Classics. But we do release a Sunday episode every weekend. So subscribe to the Corolla Classics feed to hear that. And thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We love hanging out with you on these weekends. And we'll see you tomorrow. My name's Chris Loxamana. That's Superfan Giovanni. And it does really mean a lot when you say kind words to Chris. He literally tells me every time somebody says something <laughs> nice to him. And the guys, they do the same to him as well. So thanks again. Uh, mahalo and get it on. <laughs>